This is Religion Unplugged, an interview series about the impact of religion in public life around the world. Tabitha Buna is a journalist, author, and fitness coach based in Leipzig, Germany. Tabitha edits a running magazine in Germany and is a friend and member of The Media Project. She spoke with Religion Unplugged about her latest book that explores the topic of fitness and faith, why people of faith should care about their bodies. She's editor, co-editor-in-chief at Running Magazine in Germany, a fitness magazine. And um, we're going to talk to her today about her new book, which is in English, well, let's say in German first. It's Ab Morgen bin ich schön. Uh, in English, this translates, I'm told, as tomorrow I'll be pretty, my wild journey to the fit and joyful or fit and joyful formula. So uh, let's talk about that translation first. You were talking earlier, Tabitha, about uh, it doesn't mean I'll be pretty in the sense of like Barbie or something, right? What does it mean? Yes, exactly. Um, it, it means to me uh, that from tomorrow on, uh, I'll feel good, like I'll be happy. Um, I will like myself the way I am. But also like from tomorrow on, I will change my life. It's like, you know, in Germany, I don't know if it's the same in the US, we say, okay, from tomorrow on, I'll, I'll do a diet. I, I'll change like my habits. Uh, I'll eat my pizza and my ice cream now, but tomorrow I will change my life. So it's a little bit like um, also with a kind of humor. It's, it's like from tomorrow on, uh, I will be pretty. That means I will be beautiful and joyful and uh, mm. less stressed. The thing is, you know, I, when I turned 30, I thought, like, when you are 30, you are grown up, you should be happy, you know, you are married, so everything should be all right. And when I was, like, a child, I wasn't pretty at all. Um, and my parents told me, like, there are more important things in life than to be pretty. But I saw all those children in school. I was, like, um, a victim of mobbing in school. So oh, and, bullying, uh, yes, yes, bullying. Okay. Yes, yes, mobbing. Yes, yes, mobbing. Yeah, exactly. So I thought, if I'm pretty, I'll be happy. So when I was 80, I became a model and uh, I worked as an actress and I was pretty somehow, but I wasn't happy. And I thought if I'm 25, I'll have a job, you know, I'll go to a university, I'll find a good boyfriend and I'll be happy then. And I was okay. 25 and I still wasn't happy, though I had a boyfriend, I had a good job and I was a fitness uh, instructor and I worked uh, for the media. Everything was fine. I wasn't happy. And I thought when I'm 30, I'm happy. I wasn't happy when I was married, so I said, when I was 35, no, it must, it must stop. I, I don't want to be waiting till I'm 80, and then I'm 80 and I'm still not happy. I'm, perhaps I'm fit but not happy, or I'm happy and not fit. Hmm. So uh, I really started to, to try to find out, okay, what is a path for me as a Christian to find peace, but still to change my life every day, to be motivated, to be happy, hmm. but not to depend on the circumstances all the time. So it was like five years. I read every book. New, I learned new things. I'm a mental coach now, and oh. I was a fitness and nutritionist. Uh, yeah, and I tried every diet and every um, thing I found. And it was like five years of a crazy journey. 
Yeah. Right. And you said so. The book you said is structured. The, the the first part and second part. Tell us how the, how the book works. And yes. So the first part is about my personal story. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about how you grow up and um, yeah, how you try to find your way in this world to be fit and happy somehow, but it doesn't work. And for example, in the teenage years, you say that in English, mm-hmm. uh, you fight so much with your own body and identity. And then the whole story, um, how I became a model and uh, an actress and uh, all the problems you face with um, how you should be and you're never enough. You don't feel pretty at all, though you try to be and everybody tells you like about how I found my own peace with my body um, mm. and how God helped me to, uh, yeah, to really be happy and thankful because mm. I wasn't thankful. I was always waiting for some more uh, perfection mm-hmm. and working lo- like on my body like it was a machine all the time. Mm. And um, yeah, so that's the first part, mm-hmm. the personal mm-hmm. story. And then the second part is about, um, yeah, how we change, like mm-hmm. how we change our habits, how we change our uh, lifestyle in a way that is like possible, because there are so many things we should do that we don't do because it's too, too, exp- um, too uh, yeah, how do you say in English? It takes too much time and effort. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And like 60% of what we do all day, we do out of, we don't even realize what we do. We don't realize what we eat and drink. We just live. Mm-hmm. And to change is so difficult. And so it's about how to really change lifestyle, how to become more healthy and fit, how mm-hmm. to eat better. Uh, but it's also about stress management, about mm-hmm. uh, how to find yeah more joy and peace in life. And yeah. a lot of very funny stories. So it's, yeah. I hope it's funny too, because I hate boring books. Okay, <laughs> good. Funny. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, it's in German now, and, and it's hopefully will be translated to English. Yeah, right? yeah. When I heard you were working on the book a year or two ago, I remember you talking about the issue of the, I think the theology of the body or the uh, sort of a problem that you saw with in the theology of the body. What, what were you addressing in that issue? Are Christians misinterpreting the Bible when it comes to the body in your view? Well, there's a big problem, I think, um, because there are, in German we say you can fall from the horse from each side. I don't know if you say that in English ah. too. <laughs> Uh, it's, it's a new one. <laughs> <laughs> it's like if you fall from the horse to the left side, it's often be- like the body is not important. Mm-hmm. It's like only the soul counts and you shouldn't uh, treat your body uh, because you will lose it anyway. Right. We die and we leave our body and it's like it's only um, the cover or it's not important. Mm-hmm. The other part. It's even, earthly. Or yes, yeah. it's earthly. So we shouldn't like care about it that much. Hmm. That's how I grew up, actually. Mm. Um, and the other part, like the other side where you can fall from the horse is mm. like um, the body is everything. Even in Christianity, there are some people who are like, um, it's too important. And mm. and I think a big problem is still that if it's like not our temple, like in the Bible, we, we have this sentence, like your body is your temple. Mm-hmm. I think Paul is saying that. Mm-hmm. And mm. it's like, if it's a temple, uh, you want to live in it and it should look like a temple and it also should feel like a temple. And even if you go inside, it should be a temple. You know, it's mm-hmm. not just the outside. I think the problem in Christianity is we split the body from the soul and mind. Mm. It's not one, but it is one. Mm. If I don't feel, if I my soul is sad or if I feel bad, 
it will somehow influence my body. Mm -hmm. And otherwise, if my body is not healthy, it will influence the way I feel and think. Mm -hmm. So what Christians and many other people did wrong, I think, is to split our body from our soul. Hmm. So I think the best way would be to not think we have to do an hour of exercise, that it counts. You know, mm -hmm. also if we do five minutes, ten minutes of walking, it counts. Mm. So what I try to do is combine soul food and uh, and um, exercise. Like I do my quiet time. I don't know if you say that in English. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. I, I go for um, to pray in the morning. I go for a run and I pray. Mm. So I talk to God when I'm running and I feel peace afterwards and everything is fine. And if somebody wants to meet me, I say, okay, but we can only talk and walk mm -hmm. we don't just talk and eat we will go for a walk we mm. will talk and even this interview usually in germany i would say okay let's go and do a walk <laughs> yes. talk. Yeah. the audio <laughs> quality might suffer or we could have you know, <laughs> yes. noise but it no, could it's be a, a little idea. bit difficult but it's, <laughs> yeah. you know it's like how can you change small things how mm. can you take the steps not the elevator no this is fascinating and when i keep thinking of what you said about mind body soul like I'd say in the last year when I go to the gym, I love, I've really gotten into podcasts, which is yeah. feeding your mind often, you know, in terms of listening to the news or, uh, you know, literature or something on, on your podcast. But uh, I like this idea of also combining your soul with the workout. That takes me to this yoga, like is the yoga is a booming craze in the U.S. A lot of, I think, religious, especially Christian people feel uneasy about yoga because they think well this is hinduism or eastern religion and um i found personally that yoga i like that was connected to the spiritual and i was able to do my own prayer in my faith <laughs> at times when i've practiced yoga and you lived in india for a while and did you see anything in india about the way fit, uh, fitness or health is connected to the spiritual life that yes spoke to you? yes like it's no. all it's all one it's like you you do your workout and um you do meditation it's all one it's mm. something we christians can learn but on the other hand i've been to a yoga ashram for one week mm -hmm. and it was crazy and yoga there is about suffering huh. like i wasn't supposed to move in an hour i had to sit there and i was and, and she said yeah in the pain there is the the, um, you will be rescued by the pain or there will be salvation <laughs> by the pain. It was, this is yoga. It sounds like Navy SEAL training, <laughs> yes. like military training. Yes, almost. it's crazy. It's like there are 300 kinds of yoga in India and it really, it's more about uh, meditation. Like mm -hmm. I really like yoga when it comes to exercise and to be quiet and to like feel how, that's I think something we can learn to just lay down and to feel and ask our body, okay, hmm. how are you? But really to combine it, I think it's it's a good possibility. But there are also parts of yoga that I couldn't do as a Christian. Hmm. So it always depends on the kind of yoga the you kind, do. Yes. Uh, yeah. So the exercises are great for stretching and to, you know, to calm down. Mm -hmm. um, but there are also things I wouldn't do as a Christian, hmm. I must say. So it, in India... Like what? We gotta for example, like... Go the, further on that. <laughs> there are some like... Um, for example, I wouldn't I wouldn't pray to my own body. So you, where you see sort of actual theology being manifested. Yes, I would be careful in in um, everything that is like it's only about me and I have to. Um, how do you say it in English? Like 
in Hinduism, you, you want to escape from everything. Uh-huh. You want to get rid of everything. You know, you, you yeah. want to escape in nothing. You, you will be, uh. in the end, you're just gone. And I think mm-hmm. everybody will get another answer to that. Mm-hmm. Is yoga good for me or not? Yeah. To me, it depends on how you do it uh-huh. and, and to whom you pray and um, what it does to you. And I think that's something in these times we have to learn to feel and to ask ourselves, is this good for me? Mm-hmm. Is this really helpful? Is this changing my relationship to God? This is very important. And we have to learn to listen to our body and soul. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, it sounds like a big part of what you're suggesting is, is being reflective. Yes. And not just a consumer. Yes. Um, <laughs> or like taking in advertising, whatever, uh, in terms of eating and, 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 and fitness, but reflecting and thinking and learning. Yes. Um, and each body is different. Mm-hmm. I, I saw people who can eat bread and they gain weight right after. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. They just look at a piece of cake and they get happy. They get happy. You know, it's, it's crazy. And others can eat and eat. Everybody is different and, mm-hmm. and uh, there are foods that are good for you that are not good for me and mm-hmm. there are like even um, books. Mm-hmm. There are books that I read that are interesting but they don't help me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They, I don't grow. I just, right. I'm, I'm, I'm scared after or I'm, I'm confused. Yeah. So I have to be careful. Oh, not only with the food I give my mouth but right. also with the food I give my brain. I, I think it's, as a Christian, for me, it's a huge freedom to know um, life is a race, you know, mm-hmm. in the, in the Bible, we find this, this, uh, um, this sentence that, uh, um, life is a race and we always have to be, um, secure that we are running in the, in the right direction and we are not alone. Like, um, as a Christian, I know I'm running this race, but I already won because of Jesus. It's like, I don't have to be pretty to, to be some, someone. I don't have to be the fittest woman in the world. I don't have to have a six pack and I don't have to um, have a special weight to, to be uh, worth, uh, to have a worth, but um, also to um, see my life in context to eternity. Mm-hmm. So like my body is important, but I don't depend on my body. It's like as a Christian to find a path, um, not to get lost in this whole uh right now it's like all about the body all about the looks Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. not to get lost in this but still you know to i would be happy if people would say oh christians there are these people who are Mm -hmm. like uh, really strong and happy and and Mm. joyful and that are like um yeah yeah i I totally (laughs) agree i agree with that and i think you know uh when I, i maybe this relates to your magazine work too um, I mean, I think you're doing this as a way you're kind of t- telling your own story. You're trying to be an example and give thoughts and ideas to others. And I, I notice in American culture, some of the people I really look up to or appreciate that they're there are athletes, um, certain athletes who are like devout in their faith, but they're, they're, they're amazing athletes. They're, they're Christian or and I've seen some from other religions, too, but they you can see they're actually connecting the mind, body, soul and the way they're doing it. And I'm thinking of people like Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, basketball players, mm-hmm. Carson Wentz, um, uh, Nick Foles. These are some people I'd love to speak to for this podcast, actually, because I'm struck also by the way they are as a teammate, that they don't take this game so seriously. They don't cut other people down. Yeah, they have, It's the spirit in which they play 
and the way they live their lives that to me is says so much and i'm wondering you know in germany or india have you noticed a similar thing regarding sort of celebrities are there people you've seen really embody that idea of um the way they're living this life mm -hmm. in public yeah they're, they're actually i i know more americans like you okay. <laughs> you mentioned um but in like uh one of my um huge role models not as a not as a spiritual person but steffi graf i think oh, yeah. everybody knows her in, uh -huh. in the us too uh she's not like um she's a person that is um such a role model in um in the way that she is as a human and as a, a tennis player she's like very strong but also very down to the earth i don't know how to say that in english mm -hmm. it's like mm -hmm. but she has this strength and this peace somehow um but I don't know her personally that well, so but just the way she she lives her life and you don't find much about her in the media. She's yeah. like she she's not dependent on on all these things. Like she doesn't need uh, the attention of everybody. Um, and also Roger Federer, I think he's hmm. a, a great example. But I, are they people of faith? No, two? that's no. the oh, that's the thing. Yeah. It's well, the, and that's sometimes you see that too. Yeah, yeah, you see that in in, and I I'm not sure. I actually I would like to know if Roger Federer um, has faith because he, his way of how he treats his family. He's a very loyal guy. He's very strong, but he has a, a lot of humor also. And um, he's like I think he's 37 or eight now, and mm -hmm. he's still so fit and strong. It's like amazing. Yeah. But I don't know about their faith. That's the I think one thing in in Germany um, that we don't actually. This is something we want to learn from the Americans. I think yeah. to to be more like faith is something you hide in Germany. Mm -hmm. You don't talk about it in public. Yeah, and that's I think it's wrong. You know, like hmm. my faith is like I said, it's part of me, hmm. and and uh, everybody knows I'm a Christian, like <laughs> because yeah. it's it's part of my my life, and I, right. I don't want to hide it, and and uh, that doesn't mean I'm I'm not as objective, or uh, that doesn't mean anything in in times of how I work, but still it means everything because it influences uh, the way I live, I eat, I I feel, I think. And I treat people, mm -hmm. so yeah. I think that's something um, in in Europe we we are trying to separate mm. those things from another, like mm -hmm. our professional mm -hmm. life and our faith. As part of the media project in Religion Unplugged, I developed an, I think an appreciation around this issue of people owning their identity, that religion is part of their life, and that recently I've really appreciated people even wearing like religious symbols, like for Christians a cross. Or yeah, I think for others, you know. But I, I find it's a good conversation starter. And yes. I, I started asking people about, hey, what part of Christendom are you from? You yeah. Know? And recently just have heard amazing stories from people and by that little various symbols, yes. you know, um, that they may wear, uh, you know. Yes, I, it's funny because I started wearing a cross when I, I lived in India. It's hmm. so strange that, yeah, it's it's really, it was like, okay, I... Uh, it, I, I felt like okay, the cross became much more important yeah. there because I really learned so much and uh, saw so many things, and it was like okay, I want to have this symbol mm -hmm. that reminds me of my faith, and that is like you see it, and, and, and to be honest, if you wear a cross, you are more aware of what you do. <laughs> oh yeah, no, that's a good point. Interesting <laughs> and point. And that's that's helped me a lot, you know, to just to know okay, I'm I'm 
I'm a child of God. I want mm. to to be and I want to show it. But and it's, it's funny how people like yeah. what you said. Like they ask you like what kind of Christian are you? And right, right. And I guess it's, it's good. Yeah. Similar identity for yeah. Jewish friends who wear skull cap yamakas yeah. or for. Uh, against Muslim women in Indonesia or other places who are by choice, not by being yeah. by force, yeah, but, yeah, that's a but big by difference. choice wear a head covering yeah. and are happy and joyful. That's That also is part of their identity, which mm. is uh, which is great. Um, okay, my last question for you, Tabitha, because I know you have work <laughs> to do, but uh, you know, you wrote, this is your second book. Your first book was Mit Sari Alf Safari, which is with Sari on Safari, how India changed my life, uh, turned my life upside down. So are you working on a next book, uh, a third book, or what, what, what do we, uh, what should we expect from you next? <laughs> oh, you never know. <laughs> Besides the translation of your second book. Yes, yes, no, it's, um, I'm writing children's book and audio plays too. I want to write a crime uh, story soon. Ooh. I love crime, so. Um, Me but too. Yeah, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's great. And uh, yeah, actually I'm thinking about writing a book um, about strength. Uh, because I feel like that's a huge theme. I want to learn more about it. And I feel like um, because we are living in confusing times, uh, we need, um, yeah, we need more strength. We need more good kind of strength, not the bad one, but uh, inner strength and peace. So that's something. And I really think about after all these years of running, you know, I've been an ultramarathon runner. I ran a hundred kilometer. I ran, wow. I did an Ironman. I did all those crazy wow, things. Wow, wow. Yeah. My longest run was 174 kilometers. So it was quite wow. crazy. So I'm thinking about writing a book about running. Um, but uh, yeah, we will see. I, I have much to do, but. <laughs> oh, well, we'll look forward yeah. to, to all of that. Um, yeah. And meanwhile, thanks for your time and, um, uh, and, and we wish you all the best. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Yeah, I hope you understood me because my, my English is <laughs> quite German. It's fantastic. <laughs> quite European English. <laughs> okay. All right. Thanks so much. Thank you. This episode of the Religion Unplugged podcast was hosted by executive editor Paul Gladder, edited and produced by Peter Freebie. Special thanks to Religion Unplugged managing editor Megan Clark. The Religion Unplugged podcast is a production of religionunplugged.com and is a part of The Media Project, a nonprofit dedicated to equipping journalists to cover religion. To read our award-winning global religion news coverage or to find out more about Religion Unplugged or The Media Project, visit religionunplugged.com or follow us on Twitter at ReligionMag. <laughs>